0: Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at NowChurch.com, including live or on demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you and enjoy today's service. We are glad you're here today. It is Vision Sunday 2020. I'm going to start with the Word of God, the inerrant, the inspired. The infallible word of the living God that's able to save us and change us. Ephesians 4 is where we're going to begin from God's word. Translation says, talks about God gave gifts to the church, talking about leadership. He gave gifts to his church, and says, verse 12, their purpose is to prepare God's people to serve and to build up the body of Christ. This is to continue, says, let's skip down a little bit, until we measure up to Christ. Who is the standard? How many know Jesus is our standard? Jesus is the perfect man, the perfect God man. He is the perfect one. He's our redeemer, our savior, our empower and our deliverer. And the Bible says that the purpose of our job as pastors and leaders is to equip you to do your job, which is ministry. Ministry is not just what we do. Ministry is what we all do. Ministry is who you are. You are called to ministry. And the problem is we have a, we have a clergy and lay mentality in the, because of the traditional church that has kept people back from fulfilling what they're supposed to do. You have a calling. Yeah. If we were Oprah here, we'd say, you have a calling and you have a calling and you have a calling. Yeah. <laughs> Understand everyone has a calling. The Bible says their purpose our purpose is to prepare God's people to serve and to build up the body of Christ. This is to continue till we measure up to Christ who is the sin. Verse 14, then we will no longer be little children. We'll grow up, tossed, carried about by all kinds of teachings that change like the wind. I mean, no, there's always going to be fads, always trendiness, always things that are just kind of going through that may or may not have to do with building up the things that God is doing or saying says we will no longer be influenced by people who use cunning and clever strategies to lead us astray. Instead, as we lovingly speak the truth, we will grow up completely. Everybody say grow up. Grow up. You know, it's time to grow up a little bit, right? It's time to grow up. We will grow up completely in our relationship to Christ, who is the head. He makes the whole body fit together and unites it through the support of every joint. As each and every part does its job, he makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. One more thing. Proverbs 29 talks about vision and the Amplified Bible says this, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart? We always wanna be able to see your vision your purpose, and hear your heartbeat. We give you glory for these 29 years. We thank you for what you have done, what you are doing, and what you're gonna do in and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and it's Groundhog Day, which means that this day may be repeated over and over and over again. It's Groundhog Day. It's the day where you find out Uh, if your northern friends are going to scream about the winter lasting six weeks longer or more. It's time when we regularly take inventory of of where we are as a church, where we're headed. If you have gone around any of the retail stores the last few weeks, a lot of them are putting tags on different things because they're doing inventory. I used to be in retail many years ago before I was in the insurance business even, and there's nothing to me, in retail, as horrible and boring as inventory. you ever been in, in doing that in retail? It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a pain. But in the church, it's great because we get to kind of look around, take a beat, take a minute, and say, well, here's, where we've, here's what we've done. Here's where we're growing. Here's where we're moving. Here's what's happening. And we look at what we have, and we're thankful for it. Vision, I found a great new um, definition of the word vision recently, and it's this. I just want to put it up on the screen for you. A vision is a clear mental picture of a preferred future. Vision is a clear mental picture of a preferred future. Isn't that a great simple definition? But I thought that was so profound, so powerful. The Bible says without a clear vision of what God is doing and what he's up to, people trip all over themselves and fall into disorder and chaos. And I submit to you, if you look at the messiest parts of your life, You'll find that there are areas where, if you're not in victory, it's because you're not seeing what God is saying, what God is doing, and what God wants to do, what His will is for you in that area of your life. Every area where God is invited, where He is moving, where He is revealing His will to you, those areas that have been stuck in chaos begin to come into divine order and into purpose, and you begin to find greater fulfillment. We always say around here, life works best when God is first, but also when you can perceive what God is doing in a particular season of your life, life works best when you sense God, when you, when you sense what God is doing and how he's leading you and all the things that are coming into alignment. See, some people get discouraged. Some people get frustrated with the season. Paul Chalk was doing our um, encouragement this morning for our now crew in our huddle before service. And he kind of tapped this whole thing about seasons. And that was in my heart as well by the spirit of God. And that is sometimes we get so frustrated with the season we're in. And, 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 I, and I thought of this thing and I wrote this thought down this week. A good farmer doesn't sell his farm just because It's winter because he knows spring is on the way. He knows no matter what the current climate feels like, the spring is going to come, the soil will be ready, we'll plant again, we'll water again, and we'll harvest again. And then we'll have winter again. The reality of life is that nothing stays the same uh, except that the sun comes up and the sun goes down. The Bible says, but we will have seasons. Thank God he is the same. But don't get discouraged if you're not seeing what God is up to. Just begin to see that this is a season. When we go through something, I say to my wife, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. This is, this is, this is a rough patch. This is a rough moment, but we're gonna get through this. This is not where we're gonna stay. We're not gonna live in this chaos We're going to go forward and God will show up. God will arise. The thing is, we need to coordinate our expectations with the heart of God. In our text today, the purpose of pastors and spiritual leadership in God's church is pretty clear. And that's to train, equip, and prepare God's people to know God and make him known. Our job is to help you find your purpose to help you connect with God, to know God, find your purpose, grow in your freedom and make a difference. And then over again, get to know him more, get to know your purpose stronger, grow in more and more freedom and make a better difference, a stronger difference. It's a continual thing. It's a constant thing. It's not a one-time thing. And the problem with what's happened in a lot of traditional church of the past where I grew up is that you you really had this thing where, well, I prayed to receive Jesus. And so I'm good because I've got heaven in my future. But the problem is, God didn't intend for you to go through hell on earth either. We do need to be heavenly minded, but not so heavenly minded we're no earthly good. We've got to be practical. And I find that the Bible, I find that the teachings of Jesus are so practical. And the vision he gives us is so much about how he wants you to live. It's not about, you know, my wife grew up in a fundamental Baptist church that, We've we talked about it quite a bit, but it was, it was a rule-keeping church. It was a church that said, okay, if you pray to receive Jesus and you do this list of, or basically one of the main things is that you don't do these things. If you don't do these things and you prayed, you're good. But I mean, the Bible isn't, Jesus didn't talk about what you don't do. It's not talking about the don't attitudes. It's talking about the be attitudes. Jesus tells us what we can be. He tells us who we should be. He tells us what's possible. Not just all this. Now, there are some things that are bad for us, but but the problem is if you as a parent just focus on telling your kids what not to do, they're going to grow up and be very frustrated with what to do. God's not a religious God. He's a God of relationship and he loves you. And he has a vision for your life and a plan and a purpose. And part of what we wanna do here is help you to find that purpose. Every single Christ follower has a powerful and unique purpose and design. You have a ministry. We call it destiny. But we have to grow into our destiny. Destiny is not this automatic thing where you're now a puppet on a string because you gave your life to Christ. And now everything's just going easily, and you're just kind of on this this um, you know, those moving sidewalks when you go to the airport. And you get on that thing and and it just kind of propels you forward, or or you know, you get to the you get to a a mall and and you get on the, you know, going up the escalator and just automatically takes you. That's not what destiny is. In your destiny you still have free will and choice. In your destiny, it's you and God partnering together. It's a relationship and it's real and it's vital and something you've got to build every day. Growth comes naturally when we stay healthy. And it's the same in the church. Growth comes naturally when we stay healthy. You know, as a parent, there's nothing you can do to get your kids to get any taller any faster. There's nothing you can do as a parent. You know what you can do though? You try to give them the nutrients they need, the sleep that they need. You try to, you try to uh, get them to eat healthier and, and to, you know, to, to just have good habits in their lives so, because you want to eliminate the things that would keep them from growing. You can't make them grow. You know, you can't, you, you can't there's nothing you can do to make your children any taller, any faster, even if you want tall kids. But you as a parent have to remove those obstacles and that's kind of what we feel as pastors. We can't help, we, we can't help this church to grow any faster than God wants it to grow, but we can, our, part of our job is to eliminate all the little things that are keeping the growth out and then the body can grow naturally And the Bible says it grows naturally in love. It grows naturally in the agape of God. The church is only as healthy as the people. And so Vision Sunday, we kind of do a checkup, an inventory, a report card. How are we doing? And I want to say to you this. I wanted to focus. I felt God said to focus today on how you're doing. Because we're only as strong as a body as you are. We're only as strong as you are. Listen, tonight's a Super Bowl. Some of you, it's a yawn. Some of you, it's, you like the commercials, but it's a national type of a holiday. I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. It's a big day uh, uh, around for many people, okay? Um, when you see those guys on offense, on the Kansas City Chiefs, let's say tonight, and the 49ers defense is up there, there are, be some, there are going to be some things going on, but here's the deal. That team is only as strong as the weakest guy on, the, on that field on that time, on that play. The weakest link, and this is, they're going to, these coaches are trying to exploit each other's weaknesses just like the enemy does to you and to me. And the fact is we have to be shoring up those things, those areas, and I want to ask you today because every person is so important How are you doing right now? How healthy are you spiritually? How fit are you? We talk about entropy around here. Last week we talked about physics. Today I want to talk about science. Entropy. It's the fact that things dissipate that are not managed. Anything left alone gets worse, not better. Your physical body, your marriage and relationships... Your schoolwork and your spiritual life. Anything that you begin to presume, no, well, I'm good, I'm good. Everything's fine. My wife and I, in a few weeks, we're gonna have our 40th wedding anniversary on uh, March 21st and I can't believe it, 40 years. It's, it's crazy. We were eight years old, we got married. It was, no, no, <laughs> no. No, but I mean, I, I kinda, I, it's kind of, I mean, that kind of number kind of blows my mind because all the odds were against us. We started out with people at our at our wedding ceremony gossiping and, and whispering about us, how long you think this will go? Now the good thing is she was Irish and German, which meant she's got a lot of stubbornness. And so that together with all the conglomeration of me, I think the first three years we stayed together just to prove those people wrong. The first few years we just were like, I don't care if I even like you right now. We are not gonna make Aunt Bessie right at the wedding and give her the satisfaction. We are together at least until Aunt Bessie's dead. You know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> we're, not, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna give in to that so at least and, and that gave me time to find Jesus or him to finally get a hold of me and through that then we began to work through our issues and forgiveness and overcoming resentment and all the things that you do but you turn around and you realize oh my gosh look at what God has done But along the way, we've had to make sure that we stayed healthy. We had to make sure that we worked through the obstacles. You know, when you go to the doctor, the first thing they do is check your four vital signs. I want to kind of give you that today as a spiritual checkup. Four things they do when you go to the doctor. First, they check your temperature. Now, this is interesting because... um, for almost 200 years, the accepted normal temperature for a person has been what? 98.6. Did you know that recent findings, lots of evidence, has now shown that the guy who came up with that theory a couple hundred years ago—that's the accepted normal temperature—was wrong. They're actually saying right now, all that science is all pointing to in the medical community that the actual. The average temperature for humanity, and everybody has their own normal, but the average is 97.5. Sounds like a radio station. 97.5 FM. Listen, 97.5. Now, let me just add a little note here. If we've accepted that for the last couple hundred years as normal, now all of a sudden it's a change, then let's... At least take a moment to, before we start freaking out about global warming, okay? Because they're, they're, they're still dealing with it on the human body. And everybody's freaking out, oh, the world's coming to an end. No, nope, the Bible says all those kind of things, even earthquakes and those kind of things, not the sign of the end. That's what Jesus said. Matthew 23, Matthew 24. These things are no sign of the end. The Bible says the end is, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness, and then the end shall come. Don't get freaked out about end time things and you know, all this stuff going on, and oh, did you hear about this? And did you hear about that? God is still God. Now, temperature to me, in a healthy Christ follower, temperature is a measure of passion. Passion for God, passion for his word, passion for his spirit, passion for his presence, desire for worship, wanting to pray, even if it's frustrating at times. And I, and, and listen, prayer can, prayer's not easy. Prayer should be easier than it is, but we make it hard because we try to do it out of here instead of out of here. Your spirit man always wants to pray. Just talk to God When you have something going on, just talk to God, that's prayer. Now, praise and worship, the desire for connection. The Bible says those who hunger and thirst shall be filled. Appetite often reveals health. I've said it many times when our kids were growing up, especially when they became teenagers, if they weren't hungry, you knew they were sick. Because teenagers, by their very nature, as everything's changing and growing and they're becoming young adults, seeking whom they may devour. You know, they're, 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 they're just, give me the fridge. I mean, as soon as school school's over, where, what's, where's, what's the snack today? And we would go through massive quantities of stuff, especially with a boy growing up, just, just getting, okay, they're hungry, they're hungry. And, and I was the same way, and you were probably the same way too. When you go through that type of transition in your life from childhood to teenage and to adulthood, you're hungry, But I want to tell you this, growing in God, there should be a hunger. If you're healthy, you should be hungry. If you're healthy, you should be thirsty. And when you stop caring, you should start caring that you stop caring. You hear me? When you have, when you notice apathy trying to set in, something's wrong. Something's up. How's your daily devotional life? Is church a joy to your heart? Or has going to church become a chore like doing laundry or doing the dishes? There's a big difference, my friends, between have to and get to. And I'm, you know, the the cool thing about what's happening here at now church is I can hardly wait. Sometimes it's hard for me to sleep on a Saturday because I'm so excited to get to church because to me, church is, I get to go and do this. And be with these folks. It's a a joy. It's not a chore. Now, I don't like taking out the garbage. But I do it. I love being at church. And the thing is, about your temperature, about your spiritual temperature, is that sneaky little things try to arise when you're under attack. It's little things. The Bible says the little foxes that try to spoil the vine. It's the little It's the little things that try to take your spiritual fervor, steal your zeal and back you away from the things that God is doing. When you're losing the fire, when you're under attack, it's those sneaky little things. And you got to guard your heart. You got to guard yourself. Solid relationships within the church create healthy protections. You should want to be at church. People, listen, when you're at church, people can look you in the eye and see how you really are. Too many people right now are allowing social media to kind of take the place of real relationship. And it's a big concern. Social media has become a hiding place and I'm not against social media, please hear me, but you've got to be the boss of your social media and not let it become the boss of you. Social media has become a hiding place. And, and listen, here's the ironic thing. It's not really even social because you're not actually with anybody. Can, you, can I just give you, here's a prophetic word from heaven. Your phone is not a person. Okay? I know that's, a, that's a, a, a big stretch for some people in the room, but your phone is not your friend. Okay? In fact, your phone can become an enemy because social media actually gives you virtual relationship, not real relationship. There's something about coming together. You know, I, I heard a, a, a new definition of accountability. And, this, and that's, that's what it is when we're together. When you can look at somebody in the eye and you can, and you can say, hey, hey, how are you doing? And you're building a real relationship. You can tell when somebody's not doing good, even if they're trying to lie to you. And I start this new definition of accountability. Look at this. Accountability is looking into the eyes of those who are counting on you. Accountability. It's looking into the eyes of those who are counting on you. Sometimes I, you know, I don't like the word accountability as much sometimes in relationship to discipleship and equipping, because sometimes it means everybody is Bedinsky into your business. That's not what, accountability shouldn't be everybody else looking at everything in your life and judging you. That's not what, that's not accountability. That's ridiculous. (laughs) When Pastor Chris was showing the new website and showing a place to put your prayer request, your praise report, I leaned to my wife and I said, man, we've come a long way from the old prayer chain. Because when I was growing up in church 40 years ago after I got saved, if you had a prayer request, you would call one of the little old ladies at church and then she would call everybody else to tell your prayer request. But by the time it got around, it was a gossip fest. And you hesitated. After you did it once, you never called the prayer chain again because you realized they were just dragging your name through the dirt. And you told the wrong person. I don't know. I don't know why we're bringing up Aunt Bessie again, but it's something like that. I mean, I, it's one of those things where you you know today I love that you put it put it on there and get some people to really pray for you. And you put it on there exactly how you want it to be, and people don't interpret that and then add the old gossip game thing where you keep adding on and make it a big a bigger deal than it is. You get to put that on. I love that. That's fantastic. Get connected to the body more than you are now. Spiritual engagement. We talked now through last week about spiritual employment being utilized. Second thing is blood pressure. They always check your blood pressure. To me, I believe spiritual blood pressure is tied to gratitude. If you want to check up for how you're doing, how are you in relationship to your passion for God? Number one, your temperature. Number two, your blood pressure. How are you in your gratitude quotient right now, your GQ? How are you in your gratitude quotient? How are you right now? Are you, are you walking around thinking everybody owes you or are you walking around right now with this hum, humbling type of attitude of, wow, look how good God is to me and thankful for what people do. The Bible says every good gift and every perfect gift always comes from God. It comes down from above. Don't take blessings for granted. You want your blood pressure right? Listen, blood pressure reveals how your body is actually handling stress. And I'm telling you, a grateful heart keeps you humble and dependent on the grace of God. Keeps you from taking those things for granted or like it's owed to you. You have to cultivate a thankful heart. The Bible says in everything, give thanks. Not just at Thanksgiving in November in America. Grateful people know that everything good has been entrusted by God anyway. Number three, the heartbeat. They check your pulse and then put a stethoscope around your heart. To me, the heartbeat of the church is always about helping lost and hurting people connect with Jesus. My friends, when you get burned a couple of times by people you were trying to help, it can very easily put something in your heart where you start to lose compassion and you start to be suspicious instead of discerning. Now, let me, let, me, let me qualify this. Discernment is a gift of God. Discernment is something the Holy Spirit gives you as the warning system. And I've been talking about that a little bit lately. And we need to use that. But cynicism and suspicion are not of God. And there's a fine line. Discernment is in your Spirit. Cynicism is in your mind. The moment you become so jaded that you won't help somebody, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about just giving money to strangers begging downtown. That's not what I'm talking about. That's, you got to be very careful about that. You, and you got to be aware, okay? You don't want to put yourself at risk, but you got to be obedient to God too. So you got to obey the unction of God. What I am saying is this, that when you start helping somebody to get to know God and they run right back. If, you, if you've ever helped somebody that is an addict, drug addict, alcoholic, and you see them relapse a couple of times and begin to lie to you, to it, it, I'm telling you, it can jade you. It can, it can make you wonder if anybody's for real. But the Bible says that a healthy believer is always looking with compassion to help somebody who's lost. And the way you get found is to introduce them to God, introduce them to Jesus Christ. Our vision is over here on the wall on your left. Now church building a relevant creative church empowering people to reach others. The whole reason we're here, the main reason we're here is not not just to give you a boost. That's part of it. That's part of the benefit and the overflow. But I'm telling you, the moment as a church or as an individual that you forget to care for somebody that doesn't know God, you're not healthy. Your heart, you have a heart problem. Because the heart of God is always, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge. God. For God so loved the world that he gave his own son, that whosoever believes in him doesn't have to die, but can find eternal life. Make sure your heartbeat is connected with the heartbeat of your heavenly father, who is always thinking about those that don't know him yet, and those that are around you. That's why you're here. That's why we exist as a church. The hardest thing they say about focus is keeping the main thing the main thing. And that's the main thing, my friends, the main thing. We as a church have been healthy for almost 30 years, and the healthiest times are when we're concerned about lost people. The weakest times we are is when we're just focused on ourselves. We've always been, from the very beginning, the vision included language like, Um, doing life together. And that's that looking each other in the eye, that accountability. That's great. But there was a time years ago when we got so close to each other that we weren't making room for somebody else coming in the door that didn't know God. And my friends, that's when you cross the line to religion. And we're not a religious people. We're a relationship people. Can you say amen? Amen don't let broken people be an annoyance or an interruption, but part of your main mission that's always in your periphery. Compassion for the lost keeps your heart in sync with God's. Don't ever forget where you were when God rescued you. Keep that up for a second, Quinn. What you think about that? What was your life before you said yes? What were you like as a lost person? And isn't it a miracle that you've been found? Somebody prayed for you. Somebody cared for you. Somebody invited you. Finally, this, your respiration, your respiratory rate. The in the initial check of the vitals, they're gonna check your breathing or how you're processing vital oxygen. Now they have this little thing they put on your finger uh, that measures your pulse at the same time, but it also tells them how much oxygen is getting into your bloodstream. Just right there, have you noticed that? That's been some new technology. <laughs> it's probably been 20 years, I don't know, but it's one of those things that I just noticed recently. And I'll say this, faith is the spiritual oxygen of the Christian life. Faith It's the spiritual oxygen of the Christian life. Of all the things you need, you know, you can live for weeks without food. won't be fun, but you can live for weeks without food. You can live for days without water. Days. But you can only live a few minutes without oxygen. The Bible says, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, Paul writes, and since we have the same spirit of faith, The word spirit there is is the word pneuma. It's It's a Greek word that means breath. The breath of faith. The oxygen of our faith. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written in the Bible, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Bible faith in Jesus Christ is not a mental ascent. It's not intellectual. But it's a spiritual force of God as you breathe in and out in relationship with the Holy Spirit? How healthy are you? Because this church, we are poised for a really healthy year if you are. Why do we provide all these areas of growth? Because growing things, growing people is part of what keeps us healthy. Keep moving. Keep going forward. Now, as we talk about some of the things here before I quit, Pastor Chris already mentioned the new website. I also want to add this. Our goal this year, and it's not, we, we don't have a plan for it yet, but we're, our goal is to take what you see on a new website and by the end of this year to have an app of our own where you can connect right to everything on your own Now Church app. You could give on your app. you would be able to Access everything that you need, even schedules and planning center and all that kind of stuff. That's our goal, okay? So pray for us that we can do that. We're excited about the launch of the website, but even more things are coming. Pastor Lindsay mentioned updating the stage in March. That's coming. Also, uh, and that's very exciting for us. Also, our Wednesday nights this year, um, we're going to change it up a little bit from time to time. But the main thing is this. We want to call Wednesday night family night. Wednesday night is family night. Whether it's prayer night, we're going to continue that the first Wednesday of each month because prayer is a big part of the health of our church. But Wednesday night is family night, meaning that we on Wednesday nights, especially as we move through this year and into next year, we're going to have something for everybody of every age on Wednesday nights. So Wednesday night is family night. We're going to do some fellowship type things and all kinds of fun stuff as well as we do. But everybody say this with me Wednesday night night. is family night. Amen, that's good. Now, Bible School, by the way, is up and running strong. We had over 30 people in our charter class back in the fall. We have at least that many or more planning to start next week. Another semester, we're doing fall terms uh, and spring terms, and that's coming up. If you're interested, you can talk to the pastors about that. Uh, 30th anniversary conference is coming up April 29th through May 1st. And I want to talk to you a little bit about the building. The legacy building is coming we're working on it right now. I had hoped to, to announce to you some specific things about dates and times and we don't have that yet. But here's what we have. We are working with a, a great guy named Rob Cooksey, one of the new vice presidents at Drummond Community Bank, a local bank that really wants to work with us and get to know us. We're building relationship uh, and so we're working with those guys. We haven't signed any deals yet, but they're looking at us. And I wanted to be above board about that and tell you what's going on. Uh, we are working with Armstrong, uh, the, the brothers, uh, Chris and Scott Armstrong. Uh, we're looking at them for contracting with us. Everything is right now moving. The, the, uh, all of the bidding on the prices of building the building go out this week. So that starts this week. Another thing we've had that's happened that's really interesting is our contractor, when he looked around, he said, what's that over there? So we were gonna build a dome you know, years ago and, uh, and, and that's out there. He goes, uh, he goes uh, how much fill dirt did you have to put in? I said, like you know, $200,000 worth of fill dirt we had to put in back there years ago. And he said, what if we could use some of it? He said, we could use some of that fill to do the new project, you don't have to buy any dirt. So, well, that sounds good. That saves money. He said, and, and I think if we could use some of it, if you've got eight feet in there, if we could use about four feet, he said, we could probably sell some, have enough to sell, and, and have some of the project funded through selling some of our own resources already in the ground. So I think you ought to give God praise on that. That's something we didn't even think about. We got $200,000 sitting right over here. You know, by the way, years ago when somebody said, uh, somebody said the phrase dirt cheap, it ain't. Okay. So dirt is very expensive. And so we're looking at that. That's, that's part of something that's right there for us. And we're very thankful for that. And so things are moving forward. We should hopefully know something more about a commitment from the bank during the month of February. That's what we're believing. We've given them everything. On Friday night, I finished all of my uh, personal uh, financial statement, gave them uh, my shoe size, uh, everything. They know everything about my life. Uh, And uh, so, you know, it's it's all been submitted. And so the bank is working on their thing and the contractor is working on their thing. So we're moving forward. Isn't that exciting? So we want to show you, just a reminder. some of you that are newer or haven't seen it in a while, We want to show you again a little bit. Remember uh, the the pictures there? So this is what the legacy building is proposed to look like. This is still the plan. We're looking at that. All the bidding goes this week. If you can go to the next one, this is the plan inside. Remember, almost a third of it is this great new high ceiling lobby area, church lounge, right over on the left side. That's going to be about a third of the building. It's going to have snack Uh, Well, we're hoping for a real kitchen now. That's what we're believing for, a kitchen where it says snack prep. And now crew is gonna have their own lounge where ladies can put their purses and lock their stuff there safely and securely. And we'll have bottled water in there for everybody that's working in the service. Uh, New restrooms. Bottom side, you see, that's two new classrooms. Things that we we wanna be able to get rid of this portable building back here. It's falling apart. That portable was designed to last five to 10 years. It's now lasted 20, let's see, 1997. So 23 years we've been in that building. We've fixed the roof, the walls, the bathrooms, and the floor and the windows over and over and over. And our kids deserve so much more. So that thing is ready for, we'll have a party. We'll have a demolition party. Wouldn't that be fun? Anyway, so that's, uh, that's gonna take, so these classrooms down here will be three and four-year-olds, preschool and then 5 and 6 year olds we're going to have kindergarten and first graders have their own classroom and then children's church will have more room to grow back here in the hub on that side. We've got a big classroom that's coming in the middle for now for next steps and for now crew types of events and things and then we've got a staff area over in this corner over in that side right there out out th- straight out that way. So it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of things going on. Can you show us the fly through? Do you have that video? Just one more time, just to, just to carry us there. So the plan is for this area in the middle here to become a nice area of a, like a, like a um, courtyard, like a really nice courtyard. We're, we're, we're planning on having um, AstroTurf in there, a little stage area where we can do outdoor concerts and all kinds of stuff like that. So that's the plan. Give it up. Won't you, would you put your hands together and thank God for the legacy building? So that's coming. Keep doing what you're doing and we're believing for that. I want to close with, with this. Vision wouldn't be anything without you really knowing what I see as the visionary leader. So I'll try to encapsulate that just... In just three simple statements. The church that I see is alive with worship, infused with prayer, and saturated with the presence of God. This place is a place of miracles. It's a place where the Holy Spirit moves among us. That's what I'm believing. It's a place where God can connect with people in a real way. The church that I see is a vibrant community where people are truly connecting with God, connecting with each other in unity and in faith. There's an element to this that is about celebrating and socializing and serving together. And as I said earlier, being able to look at each other in the eye and get to know each other more than just each other's name, but being able to look at somebody and have a friendship and a relationship to be able to say, how are you doing? And know if they're being real and authentic or not. It's about generously helping and strengthening one another through real relationship. That's why we need this cafe in the new lounge. Finally, the church that I see is a safe haven where broken people can get to know Jesus and through him be made whole. It's a place of healing. It's a place where you can find freedom. It's a place where you can find deliverance. It's a place where you can discover God, the supernatural, loving, living God that restores. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the vision of the house and all these great things that are coming We thank you for the mugs and thank you for the building and thank you for, but above all, we thank you for Jesus and for what you do, Jesus, to show your love to people that don't necessarily feel it or experience it for themselves. Holy Spirit, would you move in this place and through our online campus today Would you touch people's hearts? Would you introduce yourself, Father, to those that are broken, to those that are hurting, to those that are lost? And in the name of Jesus, I speak to those of you, maybe in this room, maybe through the online campus, that maybe you grew up in church, but for whatever reason, something happened as you, as as life happened and you got out on your own, your faith kind of went on the back burner and now you don't know what to believe. I want to tell you, God loves you anyway and he loves you too much. God doesn't throw away people. He cares about you even if you have stopped caring about him. And all it takes is a moment in your heart to open yourself up and say, God, I need you or I need you again. I need you to heal. I need you to make me healthy and whole spiritually in my mind, my will, my emotions and in my body. Lord, would you come and love on your people today in Jesus name maybe you're here today and you don't know him or maybe you're watching connecting with us online somewhere in the world God is one prayer away he is one breath away if you open yourself up and invite him in. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I need God in my life. I need God to do something new. I want to know him for real. I can't just do it through my parents and I can't just do it from through what somebody told me or something happened when I was eight years old and now I'm an adult. No, wherever you are right now, hearing the sound of my voice, God is calling you home. Whether you're backslidden, whether you're a person who has just wandered away, you fell off. It's time to get back on. It's time to come home. God has a place for you as your heavenly father. God has a place for you at his table. And we invite you to come home today. If you're here and you say, Pastor, pray for me. We're not gonna have you come up to the front, but would you just slip your hand up and just keep it up for just a moment. Just put your hand up and say, Pastor, I need God in my life. God bless you, sir. To someone else, somebody right now is going through something in your life and you say, I don't know what to do. You need to turn to God. It's about that. I'm gonna pray for you right now. Maybe you're at home or in a hotel room going through depression. Depression is a spiritual force. And we arrest it right now by the power of Jesus' name and we release God's love to you. Everybody in this room, just say this with me. Just say it along with the people that raised their hands. Would you just say this with me? Jesus, I want to know you in a real way. Come into my heart. Make me healthy spiritually. Make me alive. Make me whole. I want to live for you, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for joining us at NOW Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow NOW Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.